understand what black is, the source from which all things come, security blanket for the stars, understand what black is. It's not a color, it's the basis of all colors. You're listening to the Tom Thickman Show on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, Harry. That's our station manager, and he's uh, working from home today. And I just kind of mentioned that uh, I'd like to shout out Harry wherever he, whether he's in the studio at, at Elm, on Elm Street or at home or wherever he is on the planet, he's always pushing the buttons and keeping the shows moving. So Harry kind of you know, a shout out to you and and uh, have a great weekend. And he and I always talk a little bit before the show comes on about commiserating with our our young age and our knees and our backs and our hips. And you know, although we mentioned these things, it's still a blessing to be able to talk about them, to, to be able, to be able to be aware to aware that you, we might be in a, in a little a little pain. And uh, but but sometimes pain kind of indicates what what joy is also in terms of that dichotomy. And we're going to talk a little bit about today about life's bad times and, and good times and how, how you perceive those those episodes could kind of influence your your your, your remembrance of it your, your your belief in it your sometimes these uh, episodes give you some guide points about what what your next your next step or your next crawl or your next swim might be uh, uh, the title of this show today is passages from the universe passages from the universe and really blessed to have uh, Melky Russell the author of of, of uh, passages from the universe with us. And it's really unraveling the kind of a subtitle is unraveling the mystery of life's bad times, unraveling the mystery of life's bad times. Melky, good morning. Uh, good morning, Tom. Uh, we're going to wait, we're going to wait through, wait through some topics here in terms of uh, uh, why you are the only person who really matters, fear and pain, external versus internal selves. And, uh, uh, the illusion of our internal selves. And I, I love talking to you, Melky, because uh, people, when they see me, they understand I really uh, wade in the water of, of of philosophy and beliefs and and system stuff, although they know I also keep my feet on the ground somewhat. But uh, these talking to you kind of enables me to really, really let it, let it pour, let, let, it, let, let it unravel, let it flow uh, in terms of this mystery the mystery of life and when really the mystery of ourselves. So let's let's jump right in. Now we're gonna again the uh the universe is available uh on Melky's website and we'll give you that in a second. Also on it's on Amazon. But but why are you why you are the only person who really matters? Why you are the only person who really matters. Melky kind of talk to me a little bit about what what why why you've decided to kind of for us to kick it off in, in this vein. Sure Tom um you know, people have said, uh, you know, numerous times, and um, you hear from a lot of different people that we, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Um, you know, and, and as spiritual beings uh, having a physical experience, as, as you mentioned, just mentioned, you know, there, there are two aspects uh, to our existence. Uh, one, one is physical and, and one is spiritual or energetic, depending on how you want to call it. And, and as you realize, the needs, the needs are not quite the same, but they are equal in terms of we need to be able to engage in that spiritual aspects of life, the energetic aspects of life, the same way we need things physically, the same way we need 
food. We need spiritual food. We need energetic food. The same way we need exercise. We need to be able to, to move, delve into those topics um, in a way that allows us um, to, to realize the true extent of, of who we really are. And, and it's not just physical. A lot of times people use the term metaphysical, greater than. So our experience is not just a physical experience. It is a greater than physical. It's a combination of spiritual beings having a physical exercise. And, 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 and thus the individual themselves, <clears throat> and the way I look at it is that the individual themselves experiences life, physical manifestation, um, for a purpose, and 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 that purpose is what dictates and, and determines our life, and and so each individual is unique. Um, oftentimes, on the surface level, we have uh, systems of belief, systems of religion. We have social structures. You grow up in a particular community, a particular way, and people tell you these are the values, the mores. This, these are the taboos of this community. This is how you are expected to act. This is how you are expected to be. But at some point, most individuals realize that, okay, that, that I don't really fit in here. That doesn't really describe all of me. Mm. Um, you know, and so a lot of times we're pushing our head against the wall to try to fit this circle into this square peg. Um, because we have the perimeters that people have established about life and about how we're supposed to engage and how we're supposed to handle situations. But yet that strategy that worked for my friend doesn't seem to work for me. Mm. Mm. And when I was young, you know, uh, I was, I was viewed as a pretty quiet individual when I was young and I did a lot of reading and, and, and I tell people, that's my excuse now when I talk too much, <laughs> is that I spent the first 30 years of my life uh, listening to people, listening to everybody's opinion, everybody, you know, giving me advice. And the advice was coming from a good place because they, they really wanted to see me do well and to mm -hmm. be successful. So the advice was always coming from a good place. And I appreciate, uh, you know, those people that tried to. Uh, steer me in a particular direction. But what I noticed was that, okay, I did exactly what you said, and it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother would give me advice, and <clears throat> I would try that. And I said, well, mom, that didn't really work for me. I'm, and so as you're going through life, taking the input from different people and, um, you know, appreciating where it's coming from, appreciating mm -hmm. the good things that they're trying to do and inherit in that advice, you know, you start realizing that you've got to create your own algorithm mm. in terms mm. of life. Mm. So I can take a little bit of, I can take that recipe you gave me for life and I have to begin to tweak it mm -hmm. in order so that it resonates with me because Maybe you were a doctor, maybe you were an attorney, and everybody's in the in, in our family has been attorney for three generations. Maybe I want to 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 be to do work in that same line that you're doing in terms of protecting people against injustices and and, and correcting wrongs. But 
I don't like law. Mm. Mm. Maybe I like art. And so I want to, maybe I want to use my art as an expression of the struggle for freedom, mm -hmm. as opposed to being a lawyer. So this is why I say, you know, we are the most important individual because it is the unraveling of who we are that helps us understand life and understand our, our particular purpose. And this is why I say it's, it's important not, not to judge anyone else, but also the, the fact that we're incapable of judging ourselves. Oh, no, no, no. You got, you got to break that down a little bit more. Yeah. We, we're, we're incapable of, of judging ourselves um, and other people because as I said, in this manifestation, this physical manifest manifestation thing, where we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, we've got to learn the whole history. We got to know the timeline. You know, maybe in this physical manifestation thing, maybe I'm an old soul. Maybe you're a new soul. Mm. So maybe you're trying to replicate what I'm doing, and I'm telling you, dude, it's it's not possible, because I did I did what you did. 300 lifetimes ago. Mm -hmm. So you comparing yourself to me, it, it would be a huge mistake because you might be an event. You, you might be looking at it as I'm the advanced student, but you might really be the advanced student. Mm. And that you're, you're doing in, in one lifetime what it took me three to do. Yeah. You're judging yourself. Um, you know, by these different by, by my standards but you know as i say in in my book you know the universe is is not going to allow us to be the the smartest c student in the class forever <laughs> you know so we at some point the universe is going to say well you've been sitting back in the class for 300 lifetimes um it's, it's time for you to show what you know now to apply mm -hmm. what you know to this lifetime and and that's why I say you know it's it's important not to judge other people even to judge yourself because you you got to kind of be able to calculate the algorithm that describes how long you've been manifesting how long you've had these experiences your environment the resources you have the resources um, you know uh, that you don't have and of course your destiny <clears throat> you know which in in African spiritual traditions your destiny is based really based on your previous existences. So, and, and, and we see it in through families, we see, you know, uh, the, the father who's an NBA player and then his son comes and the son is an NBA player, you know, and then they have an, and then, you know, the grandchildren are great athletes. So it's, it's, it's built in over different, uh, over different lifetimes, you know, and, and looking at what your destiny is. So your destiny may be, to to do a particular thing, and that may not be my destiny. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to play in the NBA, but that was not my destiny. But mm. how many people in the NBA can write like I write? Mm. You know, and, and for folks to kind of understand the the, the truth <clears throat> of what you just said, the the uh, that the universe is on is on uh, Amazon, and it's it's Y O U N I V E R S E uh, by unraveling the mystery of life's bad times by Melky J K Russell. Uh, Melky, talk to me about for someone that might not believe in uh, reincarnation or 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 generational pass through, uh, just about the uh, in a common way about why it's not really advantageous to to, to judge somebody else. Right, because um, even if you you know you ascribe to a different belief system, you live, you die, 
you, you go to heaven or some other place a little bit warmer, um, depending on what you believe. Um, and but looking at each individual, um, you know, what are your particular talents and skills? And they may not be the same across the board as someone as someone else. It's the mm -hmm. same way of looking at someone who is is five nine and comparing them, you know, as 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 a their ability to dunk with someone who's six seven. Mm -hmm. There's there's a difference in terms of the resources that you um, you know you have available, and also part of it is 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 the humility aspect in terms of you know, understanding individuals and, and what we go through as human beings. So, you know, when, and I sometimes say to people, you know, we have to have some humility and leave some grace for other individuals. Mm. Like maybe I don't understand this person mm -hmm. and because they don't think like me. Mm -hmm. They don't act like me. You always hear guys say, oh, if I was him, I would do this. Or if I was... But maybe you don't know the whole story in terms of why this person is responding in the way that they're responding, because 99% of the time, individuals, even down to animals that, that roam the earth, they're acting out of logic. Hmm. There's nobody running around really doing things illogically. Maybe their logic doesn't make sense to, to, to you, but it makes sense to them. And, and so... In, in, in the sense of the uh, interactive universe, if if you can't, if, if you're um, intent upon judging other people based on things you don't understand about them, what I say is that the universe will allow you to eventually understand them. Mm. And the only way to understand somebody is to walk in their shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, so by judging other people, you, you position yourself in a place where the universe will give you insight into why they are who they are or why they do things the way that they do. And you will have experiences. You'll be like, okay, now I get it. And I try to stay away from that because I'm like, I don't want that person's experience. Mm -hmm. I have to accept them for who they are. And that's it. I may not agree with them, but I have to accept them for who they are. Otherwise I gain insight, whether you call it the universe, the Y-O-U universe, or whether you call it God, is going to provide me with that experience that will bring me that knowledge, you know, that that I saw. And that's why I said we have to give people room, give people grace. Um, we don't have to agree with everything, but I can't really judge you unless I've walked in your shoes. Mm -hmm. And 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 you you mentioned the word logic, and I was fascinated by that. Uh, talk a little bit about because I mean, someone will know that I shouldn't. I'll, I'll spend a umpteen money on a umpteen amount of money on a pack of cigarettes. And even the words will say that, you know what, this, these things might not be good for me, but I'll still kind of indulge in them. Uh, so, so the person, what, what kind of logic is a person uh, manifesting when they participate in what ostensibly might be destructive manifestations of their behavior? Right. Right. And, and once again, returning to the, the theme, you know, we're spiritual beings, having a physical experience. And so if you just touch things on a superficial level, you know, then that leads to judgment, it leads to misunderstanding, not understanding people's logic. But if you go a little bit deeper, then that takes you to, to a place of understanding. Um, you know, 
as when I was growing up in New Haven, I, I grew up, you know, in, in the projects in Ashman Street, and it was it was heaven at times, and um, and it was hell at times, you know. So it was it was all these different experiences, a cornucopia mm-hmm. of different experiences that were the highest and the lowest, and and you know, and, and it was and it was tough at times. You you met people that, you know, that took advantage of other people that, you know possibly, you know, brutalize other people. And you you develop kind of a sense of resentment and anger, you know, towards those people, you know, because of the way that they treated you, the way that they engaged you. Uh, and sometimes th- that resentment can carry on a lifetime, you know, but as I started understanding the world more and understanding m- myself more, I started asking myself questions instead of judging them and anger and holding on to that resentment, you know, I asked myself, what would make them do what they did? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and at that point, I was trying to understand their logic. What would make this person be this type of person, you know, um, always taking advantage of someone, mistreating everybody, um, you know, uh, and what would cause them to do that? And as I began to really look deeper, I started seeing certain things that made me understand their logic, you know, because I was operating from my logic, whereas these things, I had this this level of stability. I had, mm. I had these different resources. And, and for me, my biggest resource growing up poor, in, 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 a, in a rough environment was my mind. Mm. So I realized at an early age that, okay, I had something going on here. I realized- Something of value. <laughs> uh, what'd you say? <laughs> something of value. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and I realized it, it, it was too real because growing up in the projects, you know, it's funny now because I talk about space and other stuff like that, theoretical stuff, but growing up in the projects, you, you're kind of dealing with reality. You know, a lot of people come in and have good ideas, like, you know, as Mike Tyson says, you know, you have a good strategy and then you get hit in the jaw and that strategy kind of disappears. So growing up in the projects was like that. You had to deal with things at face value. And so I was in situations where, you know, that were not good. And I learned that I could talk myself out of those situations. And so, so that was a resource I had that maybe my best friend didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. and and maybe his resource was the fact that he had 16 people in his family <laughs> and, uh, and they were like a gang. You know, that was his resource. I didn't have that. And I didn't have an older brother. So I had to kind of learn how to navigate the world on my own. I had to learn how to be responsible for all of all of the situations I got into and also be able to get out of those situations. But those are resources that I had. The next person may not have had those same skills or abilities, but, you know, causing me to look at other people and see how they act. I saw, okay, you know, well, maybe I look at them differently if, if I was in the situation they were in. Mm. You know? so, so, so are you saying that some folks might participate in negative behaviors because that's consistent, that, that because that's consistent with their, their, their logical approach to life? It's, it's consistent in the fact that, okay, if this individual is getting his behind whooped every day by a parent, you know, why would they be in a good mood? 
Mm. You know, if they don't have enough food to eat, why would they be in a good mood? Why would they share? You know, if they mm. don't have any money and these other things are happening, nothing, you know, these other things that we take for granted or we took for granted or just assumed that everybody had, um, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, or you could be in a situation where there's verbal abuse and people are just tearing you down emotionally every day. Mm. And so nobody knows about that. They just see the, the person that comes outside and and then has to interact with the rest of the world. And so this is this is why we have to take it a step further. We can't just look at individuals and say, oh, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, if I was in that situation, you know, we got to say, well, what causes, you know, as I got older, because I'm an inquisitive person, mm-hmm. I started saying, well, what would cause this person to do this particular thing? And for me, that became the the greater lesson, understanding mm. what caused them as opposed to why, you know, uh, why would they do something like that? Mm-hmm. So that became the greater mm-hmm. lesson to me, just really mm-hmm. understanding, like, like whether I agree with it or not, whether I liked it or not. Like if somebody does something, I just want to know, like, why? Why would they do something? And then once I understand, I'm good, you know. So I, I think that's the steps we have to take to, to better understand people and, and the whole thing about judgment. You're, uh, you're you're listening to the Tom Ficklin show and Melky J.K. Russell is with us and the 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 universe book is available on Amazon Y O U N I V E R S E. Really urge you to take a look at it. It's very thought provoking. Uh, it's worth sharing. And it's worth discussing with other people. You you, you write Melky in uh, one of the passages that the the thin line between love and hate becomes even thinner simply because he did not respond and you, you you referenced that earlier but I'm just I'm just uh, uh, enthralled with the phrase when you your you, your conjecture that the thin line between love and hate becomes even thinner what what's going on there from your from your standpoint right right because we're talking love and hate we're talking emotions but we're we're also talking energies and so we're talking polarities you know love hate you know so we're talking different levels of the same energy different polarities manifesting in different polarities. So one polarity is hate, one polarity is love. And and so it's a fine line, literally, because as they travel along those polarities, they get closer and closer together Hmm. and harder and harder to understand. Um, And and, and because the people that we love, there's so much emotion is involved in that, you know, that cachet of emotion, once it goes left, it can it it carries so much force. It carries all the force that the love contained in it. It takes that to the other side, you mm. know, which is uh hate. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that, a lot of times that comes from misunderstanding. As we talked about earlier, you know, misunderstandings, people logics, misunderstanding people's um, you know, um their 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 take on on life that differs. Um, you know, that, that differs from yours. Mm-hmm. So part of it is is just, um, you know, um, understand, trying to understand people better and trying to uh, understand um, people's logic. Because the main thing that, uh, you know, as human beings, we experience oftentimes is we want reciprocation mm. for whatever it is, you know, reciprocity. That's in the ancient Egyptian belief system, you know, mayat, you know, reciprocity. Um, so we seek, if I give, I seek that you're going to give back. 
And we kind of had a thing growing up in, in, in the projects and the PJs where, you know, with the guys of us are hung in, in groups and cliques and usually they were age-based cliques like him. And my particular clique I grew up with, you know, there were maybe 10, 10 guys around mm-hmm. our age. So we had a deep clique, you know, that um, you know, they grew up 225 Ashman, you know, so, but it was kind of, there were certain things, you know, like now they talk about the bro code or whatever, the brother code, you know, there were certain things and rules that we lived by. And whereas, you know, it was like the lookout, if I had, you had, and then mm-hmm. when I don't have, you know, you have, and so I, I, I have, and keeping it, you know, 50 or 100, you know, like that. And so those are the, the, the rules that, that we live by. Now, imagine that within a family and imagine that within friends and imagine that over time, whereas you're upholding what you believe is, is, is the code, but your family, your peeps are not. Mm. So you're giving when they don't have, but when they get, they're not giving nothing back. Mm-hmm. When they get, they they going off to uh, the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, and so over decades, you know, you're giving and giving and you're thinking, well, the way this is supposed to work in the world and what I've been taught is that, you know, and a lot of times people, we do things because, not necessarily because it's always coming from the heart. We, we do things kind of as a safeguard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this now because maybe one day um, I don't have this and somebody will do the same for me. Maybe, you know, so I'm going to help, but more as a safeguard than saying, you know, this is straight up. <clears throat> I look, I see this person as, you know, uh, as a supreme being. I see this person as a God in the flesh and and living on that level and understanding it from that perspective. And so, if I can help them avoid hurt, then let me do something about it. Same way, uh, you know, we see little children going the wrong way. We stop them and say, no, this is, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, so oftentimes we do things because we're looking because in our mind it's that quid pro quo, um, the idea of karma, you know, that, um, borders on the idea of reciprocity does not really true reciprocity but we think it's going to save our behind in the long run mm. and mm. we're in trouble and when things don't go well for us somebody will come through because i've i've made these donations over the years um and then when we, when it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen back that's when you know the resent developed the anger the hate develops because you know, we bought into the contract. We did everything mm-hmm. that was supposed to be done, everything they told us to do. And yet when we're getting ready to, to lose our apartment, we get ready to lose our car, where are these people at? Mm-hmm. You know, these people that love that loved me to death um, when I was able to help them. But mm-hmm. now that I need help, where are they? So when that happens in our lives, and it happens in everybody's life in mm-hmm. one way or another, you know, then we start, then that, that love starts transitioning down that polarity towards hate. Mm, mm, mm. <coughs> Excuse me, we're going to talk about fear and pain and external versus uh, internal selves and the illusion of our internal selves. But I wanted, Melky, to kind of uh, ask you to share a little bit about, about your particular 
belief system because I know it's kind of possibly based in West West Africa and Yoruba, et cetera. So maybe share a little bit about what's what's caused you to find uh, solace and uh, inspiration and guidance in that particular way. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I came to, uh, it's a system called IFA, and it it is associated with the Yoruba people of Nigeria and formerly Benin, the old Benin, not the current Benin. But they, and, and, and when we look at the, the, the map of Africa, it's just like we look at the map of America. These ancient civilizations, they were not states, nation states as, as they are now with these boundaries or whatever. These were kingdoms and kingdoms even in Europe, you know, the, the kingdom, the Austro-Hungarian kingdom after mm -hmm. World War One, all these different kingdoms changed, uh, the creation of the state of Israel, all these, you know, areas changed over time. But it comes from that area of, of West Africa. But many people who study it believe that it is a system that emerged out of um, ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. And um, and because they say it came from the east and there's a lot of similarities Um to it, but it, it is basically a system designed to, to what I say is correct errors. So it doesn't have the same um, judgmental aspect of the Judeo-Christian belief systems, whether Christianity Jude or Jude Judaism or Islam, because Islam comes up out of that Judeo-Christian belief system um, because they're the same prophets, same uh, same, uh, uh, the same yeah, Abraham, father, Abraham. Abraham, mm -hmm. yeah. So they come up out of the same Judeo-Christian uh, belief system. But Ifa doesn't. Ifa talks about the fact that you know that we are having a physical experience. You know, we exist in heaven. Um, you know, we are. Ex ex we come to the earth with a physical for a physical experience, and we come here for a purpose. So, and what we call purpose, we call you know that's our destiny, and. And the, the thing that dictates your destiny that keeps you on track is what we call your ore. And the ore is your head. So that's in, in the head is really similar to some people say the soul or but it it's the guiding light that that takes you to your destiny with what we mm -hmm. call Iwa Pele. Iwa Pele is gentle character. So you are to attain your destiny, you know, because you could attain your destiny and you can just run, you know, a rap shot rugged over everybody and, and, and get to your destiny. But the point is being able to attain your destiny with gentle character. Mm. And, mm. and so it, it doesn't contain the Judeo Christian system of good and evil. Those things don't really exist. What really exists like heaven and hell, that doesn't really exist. What exists is whether or not you attain your destiny. Mm. And, mm -hmm. and there exist forces similar to angels that exist, emanations, as we call it, emanations from the all or emanations from what they call their supreme deity, Oludumare. And you have different, you know, uh, Orishas that exist designed here to help us navigate. Now, these, these Orishas can also be looked at internally, you know, the same way we look at a chakra system associated with different colors and different energies that are, you know, within the body. Mm -hmm. so, it's external, but it's also internal. And most importantly, though, which people, we, which we don't get this because, you know, starting off as a Christian, growing up in New Haven, and then moving on to Islam, Egyptology, Buddhism, 
the beliefs and you know and i did ancestry dna so the largest percentage of my ancestry is from nigeria mm-hmm. so but it's so it's ironic that the, the belief system that my ancestors came here with the closest belief system to me before we were converted to judeo-christianity was the 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 ifa system and yet mm-hmm. it was the farthest away philosophically from mm-hmm. where i was as a christian because we were taught to be afraid of it but interest, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say this as the most interesting point I found about Aoife, because I'm, I'm pretty a scientific person, so I like to look at things scientifically. There's, it's a system of divination. So that if you're facing a particular problem, you can go to a, a priest, what they call a babalao, a priest or someone, or you can do the, the divination yourself to determine what is what are the, the methods of actions you should take to correct the energy. So if you're facing different particular problems, you can divine on it and you, it provides you a solution. And that's why I say it's an error-correcting belief mm-hmm. system. It provides mm-hmm. you a solution. But this divination system is based on 256 what they call odus. And odus are merely stories, mm. you know, that, um, you know, it, it, and if you read Joseph Campbell, then you understand the, the the value of stories and how they work in terms of mythology and and work towards explaining life. So these particular so you have two hundred and fifty six, and they're broken down in a system that is is a it's a binary system. Um, you know, there's a math that exists. Um, you know, when they when we came up, they taught us that okay, this is the only form of math: multiplication, two times two. But I found out that there was a math out of Africa and particularly in East Africa, that they drew in the sand. And it was a binary code math, mathematical system. And it was amazing because, like, we were taught our whole lives that the only way you can do multiplication is this way. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole system from Africa that was totally different that is very similar to the Efa system, system of divination. Mm. Not only that, it can be converted to binary code, the same code you use to program computers. Mm-hmm. So this is what was hidden in the African teachings that we didn't get any of it. Right. Our own genius was hidden in, in the system because that's the traditional way of, of Africans. If you look at you know, the people like Ron Eglash and the studies that he done, he's done, and they found out that African villages were built along uh, fractals. Mm-hmm. So our knowledge was, you know, as opposed to the European version where everything is is made seem hard, math is made to seem hard, our lessons and wisdom were built into the system mm-hmm. that we practice daily. And that is the African genius, that's the Black genius, that's the Black excellence that is often so often hid, you know, from us on a, on a daily basis. Um, so... Um, so, hmm. so that's why Ifa appeals to me. Once I began to study it and, and see the history, see that there's a direct connection physically to my ancestors, that those are my people. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, then it um I thought it was it, it was an amazing discovery based on all the, the disinformation I was given, you know, because we know how Hollywood portrays African religions, it's hoodoo, it's voodoo, is is all this evil stuff that has nothing to do, you know, with the belief system. So, um, so, the, and the fact that it provided practical 
you know, support for our daily lives. Mm -hmm. The problems you're facing, like I can get an answer today. You know, what is it? Is this in my best interest to do this or to do that? You know, and I'm hearing directly from my ancestors. So, um, Melky and Malik, talk to me about your your uh, transformation and journey thus far. And again, let it be clear that it it hasn't ended. It's in some ways just renews renews itself each day. But uh, some folks call you Malik. Some some folks call you Melky. I'm curious about how you've made these the selections. Then you have JK, some middle initials. Uh, my, my mind goes to if I mention Lou, Lou L. Sender to some people, they'll say who. Uh, if yeah. I say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they'll, they'll recognize who I'm talking about. Or if I say Don L. Lee, they'll say who. Then, but and if, if I say hockey, you know, they'll know who that is. Or even uh, Stokely Carmichael, and then people will say, okay, who's that? But then you know, Kwame Ture. Oh, so yeah. just kind of curious about your your personal decision to kind of, and it's not a, a big gap between Melky sure. and the league, but I'm just curious uh, right, about that. Right. Melky is, is a version of Malik, you know, because Malik or Malik, the Arab, Arabic pronunciation, most people associate that with meaning ruler or king. But the, but the true meaning of Malik or Malik is messenger. So mm -hmm. this is what they call the angels, you know, messengers. They were communicators. They were emanations from the most high. Mm -hmm. So that's what Malik truly means. And Melki is the same thing, but Melki is short for one of those angels, Mel Melchizedek, or mm -hmm. Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. So Melki is just short for that, which is the angel of justice. And as you notice throughout my career, I've worked with a number of justice organizations. I worked for social justice, um, but I can I kind of lean on the root word, which is messenger. You know, mm -hmm. which as a writer and a communicator, that's. That's what I am. And, uh, and contrary to popular belief, if you study the Judeo-Christian versions, the angels or angelic beings, they didn't come with wings. They came as, they looked like human beings. That's mm. how they were reported in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So, because people didn't know whether or not they were angels all the time. So they mm. were just messengers from the Most High. So, those names are connected together. I was, you know, um, the JK comes from my name I was given by my mother, you know, as a named after one of my uncles from North Carolina. And that's the name that a lot of people I grew up with know me as. Mm. And so that, you know, that's kind of where that came into being. But I also noticed that um th there was a a a pseudonym that um the uh the author that um the Harry Potter author, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know that that did, and yeah. I and I and I said, well, wow, the 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 symbol yeah, J, J, J. Rowling, J.K. Rowling, yes, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. which is the name I was born with, which is uh, Jeffrey, which is J.K.R. So it's the same, you know, it's it's you can call that metaphysics that I was destined to be a writer. You know, there was no doubt about it, even though I did not see it. So, mm. you know, so. Mm. And, and in African traditions, more so, you know, you're constantly getting new names. You might be born on a name if you're from Ghana. You might be born on a Wednesday. Your name mm -hmm. might be Kwaku, you know, mm -hmm. based on the. Uh, and then you might have a name you're born with, and then you might do something of note, and you pick up another name. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and 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 it's the same way with belief systems where Africans 
put one belief system on top of another. This is why when they came to the new world uh, in other countries, you know, it was called uh, syncretization, you know, where they placed, you know, their system of belief, the Orishas and Ifa system inside of the Catholic system that, mm -hmm. you know, the enslavers were trying to, were forcing them to, to convert. So that's kind of where the, 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 the names um, started that they, they didn't really, um, you know, and, and I took the name Malik because when I was, um, when I was, um, when I just graduated from Brandeis and um, I was in Boston working and I started writing letters to the editor of the Boston Globe and they, they would never publish any of them. And I wrote a letter and I signed it Malik Shabazz. As we know, Malik Shabazz is, uh, you know, the okay. name, former name of Malcolm X. Yes, El Haj Malik Shabazz, uh-huh. So, and they published it. I, I didn't even understand all the kind of, you know, all the symbolism. Okay, I'm in Boston and I'm publishing under Malik's, you know, but they, they published a letter and that was like, I was like, wow, okay. You know, and um, this is, you know, uh, this is the name that I'm going to write under. And when I first got to DC and started working with the Afro, that was the name I was published under. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so it's been a journey. Um, and um, but and I'm not sure this is the case with every writer, but me working as you know a journalist and an activist, um, and then when I started to write fiction, I was like you know I couldn't I couldn't write I I wanted to keep those lives separate, so I want I didn't want my fiction to interfere with you know my professional life because I'm I'm working with you know, leaders around the country. I'm working with elected officials. I'm working with politicians, whatever. But under uh, fiction, I could have more freedom in terms of, um, you know, in terms of, uh, of um, you know, what yeah. I was saying. And, and part of that journey was, and that's what caused me to write 21 Hustle, mm -hmm. you know, because that started in the 90s when I was a writer at the uh, Afro-American newspaper. I was, um, I had this gentleman came in and this gentleman was, um, he was a former member of the Nation of Islam, and he was a, a, a hot, one of the earliest members from like the 30s or 40s. And uh, and I had him come in. I had some other people come in, and they started telling me different things, and that were like shocking, just about the history of the world, as we know mm -hmm. the history of the black community, the history of the black struggle. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I got to write, I got to write this stuff. But share with folks, because certainly uh, today's show is designed, uh, I'll lay my cards on the table to kind of tease people to kind of uh, consider really taking advantage of the wisdom that you've been so 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 freely giving people in terms of the Y-O-U, the verse, the universe uh, by Melky J.K. Russell on Amazon. But And you mentioned one other book, but mentioned the two or three other or I think maybe four actually, but all, all the books that you've been in, you've been involved with that the spirit mm -hmm. has guided you to produce. Yeah, Infinite Everyday Understanding. And, and folks want to learn more, you can visit my site, uh, anewwordmedia.com. And you can also find my books. I have a page on Amazon and uh, and they're all um, available. And uh, But early on, you know, I have some very interesting stories uh, from my experience in D.C. Um, and I just came across a certain level of knowledge. And as I started writing it, I realized that I could not publish it the way that it was because it was just, it was, 
it was stuff that that would have you know caused a lot of issues for a lot of people. Well, your know. FBI file is already pretty thick, so I mean, you know, they <laughs> just add on to yeah, it. Yeah. They can spot uh, some more. Well, this wasn't. It wasn't more so worried about that. It was more so about the impact it would have on the black community. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I said I have to write this. Um, I have to write this a different way. You know, and one of the the stories that I don't even have in my books, like when I was in D.C. and I worked with the Afro, I used to take the um, I used to take the phone calls from Marion Barry when Marion mm -hmm. Barry was locked up, yeah, in prison, and. Um, he would call the Afro every week and we would run a column on him. And I used to take those uh, phone calls from, from, uh, uh, from uh, Mayor Barry and, and write a column for him. But. Well, that's, that sounds like a, a third show. Cause this is your talk. <laughs> this is you were talking. I, I haven't done a show on uh, uh, um, the, the gentleman in Philadelphia that's a former black Panther and been incarcerated for, haven't done a show on Mamiya Jamal in a while so there's a, that, that sounds like a third show I, I want to talk Malik about fear and pain and external versus sure. internal cells before we, we have about 10 more minutes mm -hmm. uh, so, so let's let's jump into fear and pain and I'm really glad you intersected that we started off uh, talking about reality but also the way that you've been interject that it's really not a, a plain vanilla discussion that we've been having, it does pertain to our, our liberation struggle. So I want people to kind of uh, digest at least part of this show, kind of check out your books and, and just understand the, the connection between what we call liberation and freedom in a general political activist standpoint and the the the, 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 the underpinnings of what that means short and long term. Uh, but, but fear and pain, uh, share with me a little bit about that because I love the way that you're, you juxtapose these. these uh, right. You know, um, and what I should have added, the third one I should have added was anger. So okay, we, fear, let's, jump, let's jump to anger first because we have about 10 minutes. Yeah, let's yeah. jump to anger first. Well, fear, pain, and anger, those those are emotions. Um, and and when they happen, they're real because we experience them. So as the world, as our world is swirling about us and things are happening, we know when we want to grab a lifeline, we want to grab the quickest one near us. And so we reach out and we can grab fear, we can grab pain, we can grab anger because those are real, uh, you know, in our lifeline. Whether whether or not, you know, they still make sense to us anymore, um, you know, they're like, like I said in the book, you know, they're that old friend that we know that when we want to go the wrong way or we want to, you know, we want to hang out, we want to go get drunk. We, we know who to call. You mm -hmm. know? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's your default. Sometimes it's, it's your default system. Yeah. Fear, pain, and anger. They're sitting there. That's that, that good friend that will, will show up all the time and take you to all the clubs you shouldn't be going to and <laughs> get you all, you know, all the drink, they'll pay for the drinks, everything. So, you know, we, we know our lower self that, you know, those those are things that we can hold on to, and and they're easy to grip when we don't want to, you know, deal with the reality or simply or really the illusion because mm -hmm. you know the sense of reality is that we know is really an illusion. So you know, those are things that that we hold on to, and like I talk about in the book, you know, like we hold on to 
okay, um, you know, drinking, like people talk today, people talk about therapy, but, you know, uh, decades ago, you know, therapy for men was to go have some drinks, go to yeah, a bar so, and yeah. get into a fight. Yeah, that was, was yeah in the bottle. The therapy yeah, was in the bottle. Mm -hmm. That was that was the uh, you know the the therapy. So so what happens when you finally realize that okay, fear, pain, and anger are not getting me where what I want. Mm -hmm. They're not getting me to where I want to go. And so I'm going to try another route. But then what happens when like like I said before, you're sitting there and you're you're like, well, you know, I used to drink this amount after dinner and then I would watch the NBA channel you know before I fall asleep and and it's like now I'm not drinking uh now the NBA channel is more of a distraction so what do I do and, and as I say in the book you know maybe I decide to fix that hole in the roof that's been you know dripping water on me for the past two weeks mm. you know so once you move away, those these are all distractions. Mm -hmm. And I say this because when I was writing um, the universe and I was writing Infinite Everyday Understanding, um, I had I was working at Morgan State University as a professor, and then I had I had to leave there, so I left, and I had this this um, bunch of time available, and and I was unemployed, and I was slowly slowly all the distractions I had were being removed. You know, mm. my car was being removed. My cable was being removed. <laughs> and then, so now I'm like, okay, well, what the hell am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, all the distractions I had built up. So once I got to a point where it's like, okay, well, I don't have any money. I don't have a car. I don't, I can't do it. There's nothing I can really do. I said, well, why don't I write a book? <laughs> so, mm. Mm. so, you know, that was part of the purpose, you know, but what, but going through that and the universe was teaching me through that process. Okay. This is what distractions are. All these things that we use to keep us from dealing with the things that we want to deal with. If, if fear, pain, and anger play a big place in maintaining those distractions, mm -hmm. serving as excuses, serving as that ride or die that shows up your doorstep with a bottle of Henny, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm here whatever mm -hmm. you need you know so those are all distractions that keep us from doing the things that we're meant to do the things that are really you know good for us but it's like waking up out of a fog you can't mm. really see what is really before you until you wake up out of the fog and you can't get out of the fog until we you, we learn to let go of that pain that we're using that fear that anger because those are the easiest things to grab onto um you know, when, mm -hmm. when, we're, when we're struggling, when we're experiencing life's bad times. And, and so that's why uh, I talk about that and the need, you know, for us to to be able to um, to move on, because a lot of it, like I said before, is, is about judgment. It's about us judging ourselves and judging others and making a determination that I'm experiencing these things because the universe, because God is judging me, as opposed to, no, I'm I came here, I manifested on this earth to learn. Mm. These are a part of the curriculum. Mm. These are a part of the curriculum, these different experiences that once you go through, you know, it was like me when I was, you know, uh, writing the the the, uh, the universe and, um, you know, and, and um, 
I was somewhere in California, whatever, I was in a record store or something, and some guy came up, he started asking me these questions, and I was like really dismissive, like, yo, just like I don't work here, dude. You know, go ask the people. <laughs> you know, and but at the same time, here I am, you know, in a point where I'm struggling and I'm asking the universe to intervene. I'm asking the universe to have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized you can't really ask from the universe what you're not willing to give. Mm-hmm. You want mercy, you want compassion, but you can't, you don't give it. We have about know? another th- uh, six, 60 seconds. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and so it's, and, and that's why it's a reflective, interactive world. <laughs> so, because you might think that you're the best person in the world. But what does your energy say? What does the consciousness say? Because the world only sees the energy and the consciousness. And so the world looking at me at that point was like, okay, you, dude, you're really, really dismissive and really kind of rude. You know, that's what it sees. That's, you know, so it doesn't know all the other things you've done and whatever. It just knows how you're operating at this particular point right now. And so it's important for us to be able to look in the mirror and say, Am I giving to the world the things that I want in return mm. from the world? Mm, 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 mm. I'm gonna give you a chance to say that again, and then Harry, we're gonna we're gonna sign off. But I guess just repeat that again about your intentions and uh, sure, and, yeah, and I mean, actually lo- lo- loving yourself and loving the universe. Right. Am I <clears throat> am I giving to the world the things that I want in return from the universe? And and. And and this is why I avoid judgment, because we are the toughest. Not only can we not judge ourselves, we're going to do it inaccurately. But when we do, we are the most critical <laughs> of ourselves. We, we're worse than anybody else. <laughs> but yet we, yet we have mercy for our cousin, you know, for our friend. But we don't have no mercy for ourselves. We, we're brutal. And, and critical and nonstop in the way we pick apart ourselves. So once again, what are we giving to the universe? What are we giving to ourselves, you know, that we want in return? So I tell people, that's why you are the most important uh, uh, person in the world. Start yeah. with yourself, forgive yourself, be kind to yourself, be compassionate to yourself and start there and then Excellent. work outwards. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And it's just not a sprint, not a marathon, but it's a, it's a daily walk. So, yeah. Melky, thank you so much, man. We'll, we'll have to do part three. We're just we're just <laughs> just touching just, just touching base. Glad yeah. to know that you're uh, that you're moving on and 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 looking at, and, and envisioning and manifesting new desires and being being proactive. Stay healthy, stay well. Um, this is the Tom Ficklin show. Please check Melky. People can reach you how again in terms of uh, sure. taking advantage of your of your wisdom. You can reach me on Twitter at Melky J. Russell. Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn and uh, visit my site, anewwordmedia.com. Excellent. Melky, thanks so much, man. Over and out. Until then. Understand what Black is. The source from which all things come. The security blanket for the stars. Understand what Black is. It's not a color, it's the basis of all colors. It is not a complexion, it is a reflection of all complexions called human. And out of this blackness, passion flows like a river. 
feelings tell the truth. Song and dance and making you laugh are family members. Understand what black is. The breath you breathe, the sweat on your brow, the cheers and the tears balancing the world on your head. Faith is the glue that holds us all together. This is your blackness. Not some horror story of lost souls drifting into the land of perversion. Black as love is a light shining on a path leading to the sun or caressed.